Hi, welcome to Let's Talk Bonds, the fortnightly podcast from INR Bonds. I am Arjun Patsarthi. And in this week's uh, fortnight's podcast, we are joined by uh, Chirag Toshi, who is the CIO of Fixed Income for LGT Wealth India. LGT Wealth India is one of the largest wealth management firms in the country, providing the best solutions for investors and uh, part of a global uh, wealth management entity. And uh, they come in with a huge amount of uh, trust with investors. And Chirag is responsible for the full fixed income piece for all the solutions that they provide to their investors on fixed income. Hi, Chirag. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Hi, Arjun. Uh, Welcome. I mean, thank you for having me on your podcast. Uh, It's a pleasure to be with you. Yeah. Thank you very much. And... uh, the day we 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 were debating on what um, to talk about, but then yesterday I got two news on my WhatsApp. One ECB cuts rates, uh, sorry, right, hikes rates, and China cuts rates. Yeah. Now there has there have been many kinds of very many different behaviors across central banks, across markets, across currencies, which is impacting fixed income. And everything seems to be topsy-turvy nowadays. Would you agree with me, Chira? Yes, I totally agree with you, Arjun, on this. And uh, as you rightly pointed out, that the global central banks have been behaving uh, uh, quite uh, in opposite directions. As you rightly said, that ECB uh, has hiked rates and we have the other part of the world uh, where China is is cutting rates because it's struggling with uh, growth issues. Um, also, we saw that um, U.S. Uh, has hiked rates aggressively, and there are still chatter that uh, they might go for a another twenty five basis points of rate hike, uh, not in the upcoming policy, but maybe the one after that. So uh, earlier, as you would know, that the whole world was synchronized uh, because there was a lot of trade that used to happen but uh, with the the covid coming in and a lot of uh, issues between the developed uh, world especially the economies where uh, you saw us and china putting trade barriers on each other that has led to this uh, uh, issue where the inflation uh, in one country and there is a deflation in the other country and it cannot be you know exported to the country which has inflation and hence, this divergence, uh, according to me, and I think it should continue for a while. Yes. Uh, Chirag, uh, one thing investors, uh, I think you must be asked facing the same questions, and I think this is uh, largely to do with both fixed income investors, currency traders, and equity traders and investors. The spread between the Fed fund rate and the RBI rate and the US tenure and the Indian tenure now, this is at one of its lowest levels we have seen. Now, uh, what do you make of this? Because it's got various implications um, in that uh, that uh, that India's uh, uh, RBI is co- getting comforted by the spread or not comforted by the spread. And uh, what would their thoughts be? And uh, how does re- the central bank in RBI look at it, or how? And what should the markets actually? How should the markets look at it? Yeah, that's a good question, Arjun. And uh, we often 
uh, face these questions with our clients as well uh, that you know these spreads have been so narrow that uh, indian bonds carry a risk because if the us uh, rates keeps on going up then the indian bonds or the indian interest rates have to also follow but uh, one of the uh, trends that i have seen of lately especially is that uh, there has been a lot of decoupling that has happened uh, because uh, of of and this is uh, you know because of covid and the reactions uh, by the central bank to the the to the covid crisis i think in india we didn't react aggressively um, and thanks to the central bank as well as the finance ministry uh during that time uh, we didn't uh, open our fiscal purses we didn't do a lot of monetary stimulation which has helped us right now i think inflation in india is is under control uh, of course uh, there are bouts uh, of inflation going up but that is due to the food prices and other seasonal effects which are out of control of any central bank or or government um uh, and uh, in us the inflation reaching 9 point uh, something and you know coming down they have never seen that kind of an inflation in in more than four decades right so and in india we have we had a habit of having inflation uh, in in double digits as well but now of course with the inflation targeting framework put in place by rbi uh, has done a lot of work and has allowed india to control that inflation and keep the growth uh, at uh, at levels which are better than any country right now in on the globe so i think that should remain uh, the spreads may remain here or uh, it may you know basically uh, be very range bound but i don't expect the spread uh, or because uh, of risk uh, because of inflation or because of uh, us rates going high that india may have to also uh, basically high core the rates may have to go high uh, we are much better than the other countries right now in the world and hence we are seeing a lot of money is being pushed into india uh, by the foreign portfolio investors as well yes absolutely i think um, the way i'm seeing if you look at the currency markets where the yen is um it's i think it's at almost 10 or 12 year low while the rupee is while it's low it's as the yen has been depreciating the rupee has been rock steady at lower levels though but it's been steady for a while now one is um one observation we can see and which you can corroborate because you're part of the uh, part of a global wealth management entity is that um there are definitely carry trades uh yen dollar and uh, would that carry trades uh come into uh the rupee as well i mean is that part the is that geographically uh, would you see more money coming in from lower yielding currencies uh, to the rupee and not uh, technically coming in from dollar markets yes yes i i agree with you i think uh, what we have seen of lately is that because uh, the rates in india are high but not aggressively high and they are better than some of the other peers uh, that we have uh, especially the the china and uh, even if you look at philippines thailand etc 
India has been doing much better. Uh, the rates are also uh, uh, stable, and we have enough reserves where RBI can also defend the currency if the need be. And hence, uh, there is a lot of interest uh, from the the developed uh, markets as well as developed countries to uh, push money into India because a you have growth uh, which is sustainable and reasonable, and second you have inflation which is again uh, at sustainable levels and uh, RBI uh, being uh, RBI, they have been able to manage that well, and they have also shown the resolute to act if if th- things go haywire. Fair enough. And uh, do you we are seeing a lot of money coming into equity flows, but not necessarily so much into bonds. Um, obviously, there there are two questions. One is whether RBI will write hike rates more, or um, the second is that uh, will the rupee continue to see some kind of a, um, pullback in terms of uh, strength, uh, where uh, so that prevents them from coming wholeheartedly into bond markets. Would this trend uh, change in the, in the coming year? I think uh, it has already turned. If you see the last few months data, we have seen uh, that the uh, bond market or uh, the bonds have also seen flows uh, from the FPIs. Of course, not as high as what we have seen in the equity markets. Uh, last two years have been a washout for the bond markets because we saw a lot of money uh, pulling being pulled out uh, because of, of course, uh, various reasons, including RBI hiking rates. So going ahead, uh, expectations are that RBI may not hike from here uh, or uh, there could be only one uh, hike that is uh, that can be possible uh, but personally i don't expect uh, any more hikes from rbi i think this at this cycle we are uh, we are done and dusted uh, further flows are possible uh, one is that uh, if if india is included in one of the global bond indices that has been a chatter since since quite uh, some time at least one one and a half year since uh, that um, news came in uh, I think it, it's a fair possibility that it may happen uh, somewhere in the first half of next year. And hence, um, uh, flows would start coming in. Uh, markets are expecting around 15 to $20 billion of flow in the next year if that happens. And overall, a uh, $40 billion worth of flow uh, if if India is included in the bond indices and given a 10% weight. So I I expect that uh, flows will be better and it should continue from here on. Uh, yeah, that's a very interesting point, uh, Chirag. Especially the fact that you're not expecting more rate hikes um, from the RBI. Uh, I think to a very large extent, if you look at the markets also, it corroborates. You know, if you look at the swaps, the one year is around current, the current repo level. So and liquidity, while RBI is trying to suck it out, continues to, you know, come in droves because of FPIs uh, for portfolio flows. And um, put together, RBI does seem to have some kind of a conflict, how to keep inflation down if and if it's, if they're, I mean, managing it well. And at the same time, uh, you know, watch out for risk reversals globally, uh, any kind of threats of financial instability that can come through global markets. Um, 
hopefully in the October policy, they may not hike the rates by 25 basis points uh, or continue with the guidance and then, you know, keep a watch on the markets. Now, coming down to Indian market investors, so there's been a lot of change in the last, uh, since April, we have had a lot of taxation changes. So we have, uh, so investors, domestic investors, yeah, fixed income investors had to contend with many, many things. One is the markets itself, then the changes. Uh, and the, have you noticed any change in behavior, uh, Chirag, in terms of investors since the uh, since April this year? Yes, uh, Arjun, I think the, the, the tax uh, change uh, for mutual funds uh, was a very big event. And what the investors uh, are now doing or what we are seeing a behavior change in investors is that earlier, just because of the tax advantage, there, has, there was a lot of pull uh, by the mutual funds to, to get money and garner money. But now, because everything or the bonds and mutual funds or the PMS or the IF become or remain on the same platform, um, there has been a lot of uh, interest by the uh, the investors to move towards investing directly into bonds. Uh, a because you can control the the uh, the underlying credit risk uh, in a mutual fund. Uh, that's uh, that's not there. Of course, there is diversification. I agree, but then. If an investor only wants to invest into a particular uh, rated uh, underlying, then that may not be possible in a mutual fund. Um, or the duration also is not in your hands. It's in the hands of the mutual fund manager who would take a view based on his um, uh, view on the interest rate spanning out in the next foreseeable future. So better control as well as a bit of a tax advantage i would say uh, because uh, the interest income is taxed at the at the marginal rate of taxation but still on the listed bonds uh, if you invest and hold it for a year then the capital gains made on those bonds uh, still are tax efficient so uh, we are seeing a lot of flows coming into the direct bond portfolios uh, in pms as well as uh, if somebody has a risk taking capability then into the ais Yes, thanks. Um, the, I think to a large extent, even the diversification uh, issues of investors um, investing in bonds are now sorted out because platforms like INR bonds are offering bonds uh, now with the private placement even at coming in at one rupee face, one lakh face value, and a lot more public debt issues coming in with uh, rupees thousand face value. Now, technically, an investor can buy say a five to six year bonds of any rating say a triple a if they want a triple a portfolio or a double a plus triple a to double a plus or a double a to a portfolio or a a, a to a, in a portfolio of higher yield portfolio of a rated bonds where they are comfortable with the credits they can invest in five different uh, or five to six different bonds uh, of in very various uh, lenders right to diversify issuer risk and other risks as well um, so all put together i think um, uh, diversification for investors whether they want to go through a pms or an aif or directly also 
to a large extent sorted out by the new uh, reduction in face values of uh, bonds and the fact that platforms are offering bonds at one one lakh or two lakh lots or even if it's a public debt issue even fifty thousand rupee lots and other things. <clears throat> yes, absolutely, Arjun. I think uh, what you said perfectly makes sense uh, because uh, as as the face values have come down and if if you are a bond investor you can pick and choose also diversify because the lots are much smaller than what they were earlier and plus uh, you can pick and choose credits which you are comfortable with um, and have a a diversified portfolio which is under your control rather than uh, you know basically uh, depend being dependent on uh, a third party manager right and i think inr bonds uh, does that part very well where the bonds can be sourced and also could be sold on the platform that that is also one important aspect i believe uh, because that gives a lot of liquidity to the underlying portfolio which also uh, should be considered by the investors yeah and obviously wealth managers like you and teams like yours with you are heading it will give comfort to the investors on their own diversification through very strong information research and the fact that uh, you can give them the best prices that are available in the market as well right absolutely yeah uh, there's uh, one more um, aspect we have seen is a lot of ultra high net worth money have gone into uh, the new um, high yield i would say ultra high yield if you look at a and if you put it in a global perspective junk bond uh, funds uh, aifs offering 15 to 20% kind of uh, portfolio yields right and uh, what do you make of these trends uh, these are all maybe 3 to 4 year lock in funds and um, largely investing in private credits unlisted um but performing well uh, and um, investors do seem to have a lot of faith in this now is there a cap to the total amount that can be raised in this because of the absorption capability of the industry or if they are absorbing too much then they can manage is there a risk to investors or is the economy supporting the whole structures of these yeah so uh, you are right arjun i mean what's happening is that uh, investors are still chasing that post tax returns uh, that they were used to uh, right so after having a 3 year uh, investment in a mutual fund and that the indexation benefit you would end up anywhere between a reasonable post tax return now if you want to you know you have a habit of uh, having those returns in your portfolio then only way to do it is to move down the credit ladder um, and go towards bonds which yield in the you know 14 to 18% kind of a range because uh, if you are taxed at the highest bracket then that's where you will end up being if you have a reasonably enough diversified portfolio so that trend is there and currently the economy has been supporting it uh, and it may support it for another uh one one and a half to two years um, as you would know that the credit cycle currently is seen favorable but it may change depending on how the economy and uh, you know the rates behave but you cannot predict it for four to five years so of course there is a risk uh, and i think investors 
should make a note of that when investing into such uh, funds or uh, papers directly um, otherwise uh, it it makes more sense to have a balanced and a diversified portfolio based on uh, own risk taking capability i i mean there is a lot of uh, uh, you know risk which is involved but of course the return is also significantly higher than you would get into in the normal uh performing credit or you know the sovereigns or the triple a bonds yeah right and um we also seen now uh, while they have the 15 to 19% uh, range that is going largely to the aifs and no liquidity private credit market you also have bonds uh, that are getting coming out uh, some of them good some of them bad some of them with visible positive up, upward uh, uptrend and fundamental some of them unsure uh and largely coming in in, in a 3 year to 5 6 year kind of maturity right uh, so in this sense what would be your advice to your own investors and to the investors listening or advisors who are uh, building portfolio for the clients listening to this podcast uh on on their investment strategies uh if uh going forward for the for their uh, for, for their portfolios so uh, i i would uh, suggest that you know it's it's when if the view is that the interest rates are near its peak it's better to lock in yields um, and uh, short term of course uh, should be only used for the parking of liquidity it's better to basically add duration in the portfolio and uh, the 3 to 6 year bucket makes perfect sense um, today if i have to buy a 3 year 4 year bond which is a triple a it's uh, or a triple a nbfc is available closer to the 8% handle and if i assume that the interest rates would uh, come down one year down the line even by a 50 basis points i am making around 9 and 1/2 10% kind of a return why are not taking any risk so my suggestion is to if you don't have a risk taking appetite and you are chasing returns which are in the 8 to 10% range uh, aaa and sovereigns make perfect sense and with the capability of uh, the bond platforms and inr bonds also capable of sourcing government securities uh in in smaller lots i think that that strategy makes perfect sense because it gives you liquidity as well as reasonable returns for the next expectation of reasonable returns for the next uh, one and a half two years uh <clears throat> performing credits uh, i would not suggest to invest into uh, uh papers uh, which are uh, very risky uh, with in the 18% handle um because as you rightly said uh, they are totally uh, or there is an element of uh, illiquidity uh, you may not be able to sell those and you may uh, buy and hold you will have to buy and hold um, and there could be a turn in the credit cycle in the next 2 uh, to 3 years uh, which uh, we don't know how it may pan out and there could be you know uh, you may be stuck with such papers so it's better to have a balanced approach in the portfolio take risk uh, which uh, your portfolio permits you to do uh, i don't i don't recommend to 
entirely invest into one category it's better to diversify and have uh, balanced returns coming out of fixed income that's very sound and platforms like inr bonds we um, 100% are listed bonds um, so which have traded in the secondary market uh, government securities gsec sdls treasury bills these are all will uh, are part of offerings of platforms now and investors should be able to invest in a mix of corporate bonds government bonds across ratings across uh, uh, ticket sizes uh, through platforms like ours and obviously um, more, uh, investors uh, would look to wealth managers like chirag for the best advice possible on their portfolios and uh, and very happy to mention note that uh, inr bonds and uh, lgt are working very closely together to support them on the on the liquidity for the bonds and transactions and as prices etc and and they they provide both the uh, the advice and the portfolios to investors uh, anything else you want to add uh, chirag and uh, been a very good uh, for, uh, session with you uh, very good takeaways for investors would like to hear your conclusive comments yeah thank you arjun i think it, it was a pleasure to be with you on this on this podcast and share my thoughts and also you know basically uh, know about inr bonds uh, and the availability of uh, products across the credit spectrum right right from the sovereign um to to uh, even bonds um, that are rated lower but listed secured etc which becomes a very good diversification for the portfolio depending on what yield one is chasing um in conclusion i would like to uh, maintain that you know it's it's the time to invest and consider fixed income or bonds as a part of your portfolio uh because the interest rates are near its peak or at its peak according to me uh building a bond portfolio right now makes perfect sense uh, one should not wait for the peak to come uh because then the the you may miss out on the the rates that are available right now and in the next 1 to 2 years we definitely would see that the interest rates would uh, be uh, coming down globally as well as in india and hence your fixed income investments would give you better returns than um, than except the the of course the coupons or the interest that are received there you would also be experiencing capital gain uh, down the line thanks chirag and um, again once again thank you very much for coming on to the podcast and helping us reach out to uh, providing very good information and uh, advice to investors uh, from experts like you who uh, manage a very large amount of wealth for clients thank you once again thank you thank you arjun